inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, listeners. This is Outlook on Radio Western for a Monday morning. Uh, this is April, right, yes, Brian? Yes, first show of April. Yeah, and you're listening right now on the dial 94.9 CHRW or on a podcast somewhere. Yes, all podcast and, uh, services, Outlook on Radio yeah. Western. We're there now. Yay. <laughs> and I'm happy that it's spring and I'm happy that it's April and uh, yeah. So uh, before we get to our guests and our, our sort of month series we're starting here in April, uh, I was just going to quickly mention that the Canadian Federation of the Blind uh, National All-Virtual Convention is coming up on April 30th to May 2nd, and you can go to cfb.ca for more info and how to register and everything. Uh, yeah, so we're just going to have great panels and great speakers about blindness and issues and um it's just a place where we support each other and meet up once a year and everybody's welcome really because you can learn something no matter who you are. So looking forward to that, right, Brian? Yeah, now that it's virtual this year too for the first time, we're hoping that we can get a few mm -hmm. people maybe more than, than normal just because people don't have to travel and everything. So yeah, we're looking forward to it and we'll be continuing to promote it on our shows throughout April up until the end of the month when it's happening. So Hopefully you'll consider coming, whether you're blind or not. It's a, an informative event and worth your time, for sure. But Carrie, let's get on to this month series that you just mentioned. Yeah. I came up with the idea a couple months ago. Uh, again, I'm big on getting back on those. It's National Such and Such Day. Right. And there's <laughs> a day found, for everything. I found out, yeah, but I found out that there's National Siblings Day and... Uh, since this show is, in case anybody's new to it here, uh, is you and me, uh, our brother and sister team here on Outlook, both born blind and grew up together, obviously. And so we host this show from that perspective. And yeah, so I just wanted to do a thing for the whole month. So we're going to be interviewing every Monday this month, we're going to be interviewing uh, a pair of siblings who were born this this year and this month. I think it's all going to be blind siblings, but we may do this series in the future and it we are going to expand to talking about a lot more disabilities in the future. So. And Siblings Day is officially on April the 10th. Right. But we're going to celebrate all month long. But uh, let's start by introducing our guests today. Uh, Jessica and Jocelyn Gladys from BC. Hello. Uh, hi. Hello. Thanks. thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. So we're going to try and do this uh, because... We don't know you well enough to be able to tell you your voices, um, but you are yeah, twins. Right. You are twins, correct? Yes. Yep, that's correct. Well, some people think ask if ask if we're twins too, but we're yeah. no, we're three years apart, so we're not we're not twins. But yeah, just because we're two blind siblings, we must be twins then. Yeah. So you never know. Well, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah. So we're gonna try and as far as most interviews, you want to say the person's name when you ask them something. Otherwise, people don't know what to. Act. <laughs> who to answer and then they talk over each other but so we'll say your names when we can when think of it um okay <laughs> uh feel free to mess with us if you feel like it um but uh we i wanted to do that though yeah good well i 
Yeah, you see that in movies and say. stuff, but I didn't know if that's something that actually you'd ever have done. Pretending to be No, one we another. definitely get we get asked that from time to time, but no, it's not really a thing we do. I think maybe it happens on TV more than probably. Um, but yeah, so we like to start out usually by t- starting to introduce the guests um, from the beginning. So we used to s- like to start um, from the childhood and stuff. So we're going to sort of turn that around a bit this time on this episode and sort of make it new and different. Uh, so I guess just start with Jessica. Jessica, tell tell us and tell our listeners about your sister. She is one of my best friends and always was. Um when when we were in our mother's womb um and 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 she went for the ultrasound one of us reached over and kicked the other one in the head and we're still not sure who that was um <laughs> we we did fight a lot as kids but we were also inseparable and we kind of still are um less fighting though yeah, I was going to ask if you still fight a lot or if that was more of a, like a child Sometimes. Thing. I mean, who doesn't? Right. But, yeah. like, but, but not the way we used to. <laughs> yeah, Brian and I were fighting just before we got on this call. <laughs> <laughs> Brothers. I don't, do you guys have other siblings? I don't know. We have a couple siblings who are much younger than us. Mm-hmm. A couple oh, of brothers. Okay. Yeah. We do have brothers. And yeah. neither yeah. Of, your other, of your other siblings are, are blind, right? No. Yeah. Okay, I was just checking because, like I said, we're still getting to know you guys, kind of, and for sure, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's really nice. That's you know, sort of how Brian and I are in a way, but um, mm-hmm. same but different. Okay, well, let's flip the question around to the other sibling. What would you say about your sister? I would say that she's like the best sister ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we we share everything and. It's, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, we kind of shared, you know, our, all we're growing up and, you know, where we're at now, like, it's just, um, somebody who gets, you know, all the inside jokes and, and all the things from the past and also gets where I'm at now. So, yeah. Yeah. We wanted to do these episodes to sort of showcase, (laughs) Uh, you know, a lot of siblings have bonds and connections, and we have them with our other siblings who are older and sighted, and we've had them on just recently. But there is something specific about two siblings who both are born with the same disability. And so that's why we wanted to hear your guys' story on that particularly. But uh, sure. yeah, and it's interesting to compare as Carrie and I are also very close, but we're three years apart and we're a, a boy and a girl. So it's it's a different <laughs> comparison to, you know, being twins and mm-hmm. and both girls. So they're just interesting to to look at different siblings. And that's why we're doing this series this month. So and it's funny. I'm thinking when I ask one of you, one of you the question first, the same question, the other one's get the one who gets the benefit because you get to think of things to yeah, <laughs> that's say true. while you're that's true. I was trying to think of what to say. I actually like Jocelyn's answer better than mine, but I was just <laughs> going off the top of my head. So. <laughs> Well, that might have happened, but um, it's okay. When you say you're like yeah. your, when you say you like her answer better, do, do you guys have yeah. any competitions sort of going on between the two of you, or are you are you not that type? Funnily, funnily enough, that's so true. Like Jocelyn will write a story, and I'll be writing a story, and I'll be like, I like yours so much better, 
And I'll be like, I like hers so much better. <laughs> yeah, I like that, yours so much better. That happens like literally all the time. Like, yours, yours is so much better. And she'll be like, no, it's not. I'll be like, no, yours is better because of this. Anyway, we do have those conversations. So it actually, it. <laughs> in that sense, though, it actually works uh, on the other, the other way where it's not one person trying to be competitive over the other. It's one person telling the other one's better. So it's sort of a reverse on that. Yeah, it's a weird version of competitiveness i guess it's like a super insecure version inverted version of competitiveness it's very strange but it it is what it is yeah absolutely (laughs) that's a great way of putting it well i will try to switch it up in different questions so every (laughs) one of you can get a turn to go first (laughs) um so jocelyn not that this should be a hard one uh, but tell us about where you guys grew up we grew up in Dawson Creek, which is a fairly small town in north eastern BC. So, yeah, we grew up in a small town with snowy winters and, you know, the summers were decently warm, but, you know, so we grew up in, yeah, small town and we. It was, it was pretty great because we had a very supportive school environment. Like our team that we worked with at school was pretty great. So I feel like it was a pretty great place to grow up because of that. Um, and then when we were teenagers, we moved to Fort St. John, which is about an hour north of Dawson Creek. Um, hmm. So, yeah, but we grew up in that area. Tell us, so then tell us what was it like when you guys moved? for you jessica um it was really weird um because like jocelyn and i were a little bit like it's not that we didn't have friends we did but we were um sort of um outcast seems too strong of a word but we didn't fit in very well (laughs) i don't know if it was strictly because we were blind or just we were a little bit different or what it was um, probably a combination of the two. Um, so we just didn't really fit in super well, but we knew a lot of people in Dawson Creek. So moving to Fort St. John, it was like starting all over again. I was kind of excited because I was like, oh, maybe I can finally fit in, which I mean, that was a bit of a pipe dream in high school. And I'm sure a lot of people go through that, but, um, you know, that there was that new exciting feeling, but there was also that, that thing of like, you know, I really don't know anyone here. Like (laughs) other than family, of course, but like, um, yeah, there's, there was always like a bit of that, that weirdness of moving, but also that excitement. Um, and then they had to set up, they were not used to having blind students in Fort St. John and they had to go set up, you know, how that, how that would work for us and hire new people. And, is it okay to say your age is on air? Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, you're born, you born in the late 80s, right? So Yeah, 89. Uh, is, I don't really remember the 80s. I was a baby, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much Brian, too. I was born in 87, so. I'd like to point out age, though, when we talk about school and the kind of services you get and things. Yes. Like, no, I know. think it's changed quite a bit since we were there. Yeah. Yes, and, but that, um, that, that would have been a lot, looked a lot different than if, if we were, you know, baby boomers right too so it depends on your right family. yeah exactly no that makes sense um yeah they're the teacher that the who we had like the teacher of the visually impaired or whatever they're calling them these days um he um has i believe retired and so there's a totally different team up there but yeah when we were there it was pretty great 
And were both of you in the same class then a lot of the time? I don't know what, the, depending on the schools, but these were smaller towns. So I'm <laughs> guessing the schools didn't have multiple classes for the same grade all the time or? Uh, we were, um, we were in the same grade in kinder, I mean, in the same class in kindergarten and grade one, but we would fight a lot during <laughs> class. <laughs> and so, so they would, so um, they separated us in grade two. So we were, from then on, we were in separate classes, except for like in high school, there were a couple instances we were in the same classes, but most of the time we were separate. Um, yeah. So what was that like then? Even more than the move, I'm, I'm wondering about all of a sudden you're separated and told you're in separate classes. What was that well, like? Part of, part of the thing was so we wouldn't fight, but it was also so that we could like try to develop our own identities and stuff. And I was kind of mm-hmm. like trying to, I guess, figure out who I was too. So I was okay with it um, at the, t- you know, at the time. I think I was kind of excited just to meet new people and and stuff. I, I wasn't really bothered by being in a separate class. So. No, because we were like together all the time at home anyway. So it just gave us more things to to do t- separately, and that was a good thing. Yeah, I was just trying to imagine because obviously Carrie and I would have never been in the same class, being three years apart, and for sure. And it's and it also comes down to the whole idea of when there's generally when there's only a couple blind people around, then especially the fact that you are twins and and so close. But even even if not, yeah. when there's a couple blind people in a class they end up some sort of being grouped together and the other students might not necessarily, you know, connect with them as easily. So in a, that would make sense to be in, in separate classes for that, for that reason too, maybe. It's I'm, possible. They also thought it would help us socially. I don't know if it did or if it didn't, or if they thought that, but it is possible. <laughs> they thought that too. They're like, Oh, they're stuck together. They're together all the time. They need to be separate. Um, I don't know what discussions went on behind the scenes. Other than that, we fought too much. I know that because we did. <laughs> You'll admit that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's an important distinction there too, Bri, for you, us is that, yeah, if we were in school like 10 or 20 years earlier than we were, we might've been put in the same class just because that's kind of what they did in the earliest days of integration. Right. You know, they would have one school, even with one classroom with all the kids with disabilities around. So, we were the, yeah. we were the only people in our town who were our age who were blind. Yeah. Um, right. So I don't know how that would have worked if there had been like another person. Like I literally just don't know because we were also twins, right? So, and it just made sense to go to the same school, be in the same class. Um, there were other blind students who came along later, but they were younger than we were. Um, okay, well, we were going to ask how many other blind people you had been in sort of uh, around before, you know, adulthood. I'd say okay. By the time we were in like late late um elementary school or early middle school because I don't remember I don't remember everyone's ages and when they came into the school system and everything but there were two others um who were who were blind or or kind of in that um legally blind as they say yeah except for there were actually technically others who were considered low vision but you know how um culturally sometimes like they don't always mix like I didn't know all the low vision kids so there were a few more but I didn't really have anything to do with them and I have no idea what their vision was like or anything but I know that you know there were technically a few others but I know nothing about them and then speaking of of, a vision I was just curious what um do do either of you see at all are you are you totally blind or you still have some some vision or what's the uh exact 
I know it's always, it's always a hard thing to describe. It's hard to describe people what exactly they see often, but it's just a question. I'm curious. Um, we have some vision. Um, I can't, we can't see very far away or in much detail at all. And things like colors can easily get mixed up like a dark, dark gray could be mistaken for black or, you know, or a dark blue or like if it's dark enough could be, you know, mistaken for black or whatever. But like we can see colors and shapes to some degree. And I don't know, a lot of things are blurry, but <laughs> hmm. right. But that's um, to me, everything looks normal, but yeah, it's normal well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like if I, I was to describe it, it's like, okay, I'm looking over at, um, you know what that's something and it's just like like for example the window looking out the window it just looks like a bunch of kind of weird like shadows, shadows and yeah. like I don't know Nothing what's out concrete. there <laughs> yeah I thought it'd be fun to ask twins I mean t- sisters and twins what you um, guys see I don't like again you know there's no it's, way to compare totally but it sounds like it's similar whatever I apparently see slightly more than she does but not very not very much they yes, actually didn't tell us that when we were younger because they thought we'd be competitive about it, but we never were. Um, just yeah, one well, day I was turned off and, oh, this thing looks really weird. And she was like, I can't see it. <laughs> and then we found out after that. That was like the beginning of that discussion. And then we found out after that that apparently I see slightly more than she does. But yeah, it's really, it looks- most, in most cases, it's like not noticeable at all. Yeah, it's not really a point of contention. It just technically, I just you know, for the point of that we're twins and we share so much DNA and all this other stuff, I just thought it would be a point of interest that technically it's not exactly the same, our vision. But the funny trick about blindness and, and things and the, the degrees is that sometimes you might think, oh, I saw that and she didn't, so maybe I have better vision, but the next time she yeah. might spot something that you can't quite make out. It, exactly. No, no I'm, and I'm sure that's happened too. I'm <laughs> sure that has. It just, yeah, apparently we found out. That they at least think I might have better vision. I don't know. Like it doesn't matter. Like I really don't care, and neither does she. Like it's no. not a. Um, that's not really important. Right. It's more just more just for interest's sake to discuss on, on the. It's air just a them. more yeah. It was just more a point of interest that even twins don't have the same. No. Um, even with the same, of course, condition and everything, it's not exactly the same our vision. And then if you're if you're comfortable talking about it or if you, if you know some, occasionally some people don't even know what it is but it's curious what exactly is your um, diagnosis for for blindness if you know the the condition Lieber's congenital amaurosis that means anything Yes indeed sure uh, does Carrie and I both have that exact same uh, LCA as well so Cool cool <laughs> cool what else do you say to that right but cool yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I figured by interviewing these, uh, trying to sort of round up a lot of the sibling pairs I know who are blind, uh, or the ones mm-hmm. I've heard of, but the ones I know, and you start to wonder, but not necessarily all of them have Liebers, but, uh, you know, yeah. Liebers runs in families in that way, and it's so it's not surprising that if there's more than one in a family, then right. that's yeah. the often the thing. Well, and our other siblings are half-siblings, so I don't know... Okay. If we had had more full siblings, I really don't know if they would have been blind or not. It's possible. Well, we had two more and they weren't. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's possible that they could have been or could have not been. So, um, how do you guys feel about talking about sort of blindness as far as, I don't know if you're, how you're much, you're, I assume you're aware of the social model and the medical model and yeah, first person identity. Like, do you, got, do you guys think similarly on that issue or are you guys sort of, 
different opinions. I don't, uh, t- Jocelyn. Um, yeah, we, we, we think the same way. So on this stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's often just, you know, you're, if you're that close and you're raised together, you just grow up with similar outlooks and you know, yeah. everything, but you never know. It oh, is yeah, sad to me sure. when you hear families that are estranged and stuff. So that's why I thought we should celebrate our our sibling relationship, Brian, and, and, and you guys too. Yeah. It's not like we've never had different ideas on things, but we generally tend to really? align. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's why I'm trying to ask each one of you in turn, just because I don't want to assume anything, obviously. Uh, what, how about Braille? Did you guys both, do you guys learn that or obviously? Yes. yes. Oh, Braille. It's awesome. <laughs> we learned it when we were little. So yeah, we've, we've been Braille readers like most our lives and I couldn't imagine my life without it. It's awesome. So yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's a topic that comes up on the show a lot because there's all this talk recently about Braille phasing out a little bit with technology and everything like that. And <laughs> Carrie and I are also it better no. not. <laughs> yeah, like I couldn't even imagine. I don't think trying it will. to. Well, Jocelyn and I did like some audiobook narrating and stuff, and like we used Braille displays for that. Like, what else are you supposed to do? Just memorize it, and then like, like I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, some um, people. How do are you that. supposed to know where all the punctuation is and learn how to spell properly? How are, you, how are you supposed to edit stuff? Like, oh, there's a missing capital here. Yeah, like, like to make your stuff look, you know, professional and stuff. How are you supposed to do that without Braille? Yeah, I, I, I just couldn't imagine. How are you supposed to learn? Okay, I you can learn by ear, and that's totally a valid way to learn too. But like, we took Royal Conservatory piano back in the day, um, and like, how are you supposed to learn your pieces like without Braille music? You know. How was I yeah. supposed to sit on the bus writing on my my Braille note taker, um, you know, and reading stuff without without having to get out my laptop or like bulky, you know, or or just speech? Where it's so annoying. So much better to use Braille. Yeah, we always say how versatile Braille is. So yeah, it's <laughs> gonna be no phasing out of Braille because it can keep coming back in different different guises. Still useful. It's still mm-hmm. useful, and especially with Braille displays. Like, and I, I, I'm not saying that because I'm against um, the, the hard copy Braille. That's cool too. But like, with Braille displays, and okay, they're still expensive, but them starting to come down in price, and they hopefully will more. We'll see, I guess. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's a reason to ever phase out Braille. No, no, no. definitely not. <laughs> it's like phasing out print. Nobody's ever having those discussions. Exactly. So Jessica, and what about uh, like orientation and mobility training? How how were you guys with that over the years? Were you good really? at that training or did you struggle? Or? Um, very little training. Um, we did have a a good team, as I mentioned, but um, our our teacher he was he was trained in the snow. I mean, not not what no, he, we were lived in the snow, and he was trained in California. <laughs> so. Um, we did like, we only had spring and fall to work on it. So we did some, he did his best. He did not know, um, this is maybe getting into, um, you know, technical stuff, but structured discovery. I don't know if you guys have talked about that model of training on. We have a a little bit actually. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah so we didn't um we didn't learn and by structured discovery a little bit but not by that name but mostly not um and quite honestly my travel skills are quite abysmal (laughs) I that's an area that I need to actually work on um that's why I'm asking because like we, ha- we need to learn these skills, but we don't all learn them. Yeah. And, and, and it's we're not, not all going to be, no, and we're not all going to be as strong with, with cane travel or, or whatever, as we might be with technology. I, I think I can do it, but I need the opportunities, you know? Um, and that's, you know, just that's, that's how it is. Like, um, I mean, yes, I am nervous to, to cross busy streets and stuff. I mean, I think everyone is when they're learning. Um, or most people are, there's probably a few fearless people who are like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. But like, um, but I, I believe I can do it. It's really the lack of opportunity. Well, I don't know if it's, you know, mentioning that you're growing up in, in such small towns and stuff like that. If it's, it's when you're in a larger city, it's a little bit easier to figure out the transit and get out a bit more and have those opportunities. Both of us grew up in the country, so we didn't have, you know, we couldn't really walk down the highway right beside us and get get training that way. Yeah. So I don't know if that was part of it for you as well, where you, it was just the small areas that you grew up in or if that had any effect on it. Maybe. It's hard to know because I didn't grow up anywhere else. So yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know snowfall levels um, where you were, but it just seemed like no. that was the time when you should have been getting some training to know how to sort of maybe walk in the snow unless it's impassable. Yeah. And I mean, like sometimes they would plow the sidewalks and sometimes they wouldn't. So or sometimes they plow the roads and that would end up on the sidewalks. So yeah, common yeah. story. <laughs> Plus when we lived um, in Fort St. John, we actually lived out of town. Honestly, um, I didn't really travel around, didn't have much of a social life um, when I lived up, up there. Um, now we live in, well, actually right now we, it's, it's a whole thing, but we moved down to Metro Vancouver, um, moved live in a couple of the cities kind of outside of Vancouver. And now we live on Bowen Island, which is another small town, but it, it feels totally different from the small town that we grew up in. And it, and it's smaller. The, we grew up in the town of what, like 10,000, this is like 3000, but it's right next to the city. So it's a really weird, um, like not the place we grew up in, but where we live now, Bowen Island, right next to the city, like you take a ferry and you're in the city. So um, it kind of has best of both. <laughs> Yeah, we were going to ask you about that um, that island, and it, it sounds like a nice place we'd like to we'd like to visit there someday when we can oh, travel. Yeah, it, it is nice. Yeah. So then, how about technology? Who was stronger on that? Or I think no we were about equal. I was terrified of my laptop as a little kid, though. Like as a in elementary school, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah, I, just, I felt like I didn't understand it, and I was terrified of it. But I had a a braille note picker, a braille light, and I was a little scared of it too, but I, I loved it because it great stories on it. And yeah. I don't know if you guys remember the Braille light 2000. I mean, you grew up in kind of that era of the Braille light and the Braille um, for the listeners. That's L I T E. It's not a light that you look at. So many people get confused about that actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's not a light. A little... It's just a little computer like thing without a screen. And it has, well, it kind of has a screen, but it's a Braille display with little pins that pop up and down. Um, yeah, we yeah, started we talk out. About ours a lot. We started out with <laughs> way back with Braille and Speaks back in the nineties. Yes, and, and then that was just the Braille light. I think was essentially yeah. that, but it also had Braille on it as well as talking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
then progressed to the Braille, Braille note, note, which is just a different, it was a newer one, different, you know, make different manufacturer, different software, but same idea. I loved my Braille note. Oh, we did. <laughs> we it loved those like, things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we loved it because mm-hmm. it was, it was so much, it was, I just found it easier to use and I would just, I taught it my, to, to myself and we had, we took them with us everywhere we could. Like it was just always with us. Well, gotta love all the Braille talk here today on Outlook. For anyone who's just tuning in, we're speaking with Jessica and Jocelyn, two siblings from British Columbia. We're going to take a quick break for some promos, and we will be right back with more Outlook on Radio Western. And you're back listening to Outlook on Radio Western 94.9 this morning, on a Monday morning, or on the podcast services. And we are celebrating... With our first guests for April's celebration here on Outlook for National Siblings Day. So throughout the month, we're going to have a, a few other pairs of siblings who, who are blind in this case, um, just to talk about their relationship, sort of contrasting that with Brian and my relationship as brother and sister. I thought it would be fun and want to celebrate siblings like these two. Hi, guys. Thanks, thanks again Hi. for coming on. No problem. So quickly... Um, we just met you guys through the Canadian Federation of the Blind, pretty much. And yeah. I was just thinking about the first time I remember you guys was at that fish, that seafood restaurant. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember where that was, but. Yep. Yeah. It was in Coquitlam. Coquitlam. It was a whole journey. Do lovers me. fish and chip. <laughs> uh, I'll, you I'll, give give a, I'll give them a, there's, they're not paying for this, but I'll give them a, a you know, a, a shout out because they've always been really good to us. <laughs> It was Sea Lovers Fish and Chips, and I swear I'm not getting paid a thing. But yeah, well, we asked back our, when um, I lived on the mainland that we used to eat there a lot, um, and that was yeah that we always got really good service on that in that location, and they always tried to make things accessible, and it was great. So yeah, they had braille menus, <laughs> if I can remember right. Yeah, we actually did the braille menu for them, um, mm-hmm. but they um, were really excited to get it, and they were always really good at describing things. I don't know, the, like where things were on the table. And, they just always kind of went above and beyond service-wise. That's why I have no problem mentioning them. <laughs> yeah, well, they were pretty great. And that look, we like to promote businesses that are, uh, you know, welcoming to come in. Well, they would. They had like the ketchup and the bottle and the. Um, I don't remember what the other one was. If it was vinegar or what, and they like were made sure they brought us ones with different tops to make sure that they were easy to to for us to be able to figure out like independently and stuff. So I don't know. They just. Well, they were always good. <laughs> that that location in Coquitlam. Other ones were good too, but the one in Coquitlam went above and beyond. It's 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 a bit of a chain, kind of mostly down here in the Lower Mainland. Um, in the sorry, the Metro Vancouver. We call it the Lower Mainland, but I get not everyone understands what that means. Yeah, I don't know if I'd heard of that until. It's a term used all the time in BC for the Metro Vancouver. Is the Lower Mainland? Right. I'm not sure if that includes the Fraser Valley or not. To be honest. I should know that, but I don't know. But anyway. Well, I've been in BC twice now, three times yeah. technically, because I was in the airport yeah. once. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it is, a, you know, there's a lot of, lot to, to, to get to there in that province, a lot of parts, you know, different landscapes and. It's uh, very spread out. Metro Vancouver is. Mm-hmm. It's fair. I think you noticed that too. It's very spread out. Um, well, yeah, I met you guys at that restaurant after being run in cabs across 
the whole yeah. place being like, yeah, oh, and we had we just can't come, get there. Like it there. had taken us like an hour to get there too, and we were all in Metro Vancouver, so it's it's especially on on transit, but even driving, it's like yeah. sort of a sprawling area. Yeah, we'll just ask our cab drivers. But yeah, we met finally, and it was <laughs> it was quite a rush. We were kind of I was out of breath a bit, and I did get my bearings. Yeah, and that was we, the that was the day where we had the bright idea to go all the way to Vancouver for one day and then realizing yeah. that you yeah. traveled more than you actually had time really to spend there. So it was pretty, pretty rushed, but mm-hmm. still glad yeah, we did. No, that was, that was crazy. But yeah. Yeah. yeah we were staying on, on the Island and uh, we did. Yeah. Like, yeah the then the, the like the next day we went to Victoria. It was a crazy time for us too. Like, yeah. Well, it was, no, it was a lovely first meeting anyway. Cause after I remember you, we walked out and you guys took the train, the sky train back with us and it was a beautiful day. And it was my first real time on the sky train, I believe. And oh yeah. yeah. Skytrain's pretty cool. I don't really always like being underground with subways. I liked that the sun. Yeah, we we have like when we were little and we used to have to go for tests um, for our eyes. You know, um, we don't really have to do that now, but we did when we were when we were kids, and we loved like the Skytrain. It was just a big part of going to Vancouver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think as big as for us here in Ontario, going to Toronto and getting to ride the subway. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was a nice meeting. But uh, I wanted to talk about, again, growing up. So we were talking before we went on air here about, uh, so you guys are pretty creative and artsy. You mm-hmm. you told us about yeah. writing songs as kids. And, and then we sort of were able to compare notes because we, apparently all of us um, had pretend play radio station oh, on yes. a cassette tape growing up oh yes. my gosh that was so yeah that we still have them we had two of them um as kids um and we still have them and we still bring them out every once in a while oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure fun. i don't think i'd want to show them to most other people but it's oh fun. yeah they're totally embarrassing but they're awesome at the same time but it's always funny because because uh, i always used to tape so many things and i have boxes and boxes of tapes here but the one tape that where carrie and i did our own show to get radio show together as kids we that somehow got lost along the way so that's the one we're missing. Oh, that sucks. but that's the way it always is the the thing that you want the most the thing that you don't have is the thing you care about the most and want yeah yeah, yeah. we haven't seen it in years and but i just i still have a dream that it'll turn up somewhere in a box I that would be so. so awesome we had a ta- one of our tapes like like the one of the radio station ones was gone missing for years and then we finally got it back it was in a box that had been in in the basement for a long time so that was really nice to get it, it was back. exciting <laughs> we listened to it and it was just like yes <laughs> i'm so glad we have it back all the memories well it's one of those things that we did together i mean bring it back to the sibling theme like we did so many different things and projects and so many things we have no um really we don't have anymore we have some but a lot of things we don't have anymore so to have that huge project that we had so much fun doing to have it back was like kind of a big deal yeah yeah and brian was just talking recently on his other his music show here on radio western chin music mm-hmm. about um the, the inventor of the cassette tape um oh yeah still, i was curious away. how many tapes you guys do have was- now yeah you heard that too yeah he just passed away okay Okay. Um, so we have, um, we did a bunch when we were little, I can't remember. Cause we still have, we have most of them, but not all of them. Like the ones from when we were like seven or unfortunately one of them's gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, I don't know, we probably have maybe 10 ish, but we have, we have our two favorites, which were the radio stations. Cause they were the most like, there was the best ones to actually listen to. Yes. Had a lot of the other ones were, yeah. 
the old ones were kind of just random and um but the other ones it's like we actually took the time to actually write real songs i'm not gonna call them good songs but like that we actually wrote the verses and the chorus and the bridge and you know like we actually did all that and like put a lot of work into it so those were like by far the best ones and then as adults we have um nostalgically recorded a little bit on cassette because we can so or we could we or our tape player sadly broke so we're kind of on the search for a new one or trying to think about recording digitally but there's something really nostalgic about taping um (laughs) that even though I want to record more serious things digitally there's some things that I still want to do on tape but that's because we're very nostalgic people (laughs) (laughs) me too yeah yeah there are are some well there's there's still some audio engineers and stuff like that that that's how they they trained on tape right well not obviously not quite cassette tape more real real to real tape but but yeah still on real to real yeah the real to real is what cool people do (laughs) cassettes are what i do (laughs) (laughs) well even real real to real is just so so darn expensive that oh yeah uh, digital you just you kind of have to cave eventually i I guess cassettes are still cheap though so you can probably keep those up if you can yeah, cassettes are still relatively easy to find if you look on eBay or whatever, or Amazon, but they tend to be cheaper on eBay. Even new ones tend to be cheaper on eBay. Um, and anyway, that's totally a random side note. <laughs> I just really um, like the nostalgia of digital. It's, it's not so much that you don't have the physical item, though that's a thing too, but it's like on a tape, you have this finite kind of resource that you have to work with. Anyway, it's a whole thing. I like digital too. And my more serious songs that I write now, I would like to record digitally. Yes, absolutely. And same with Jocelyn. Yeah. So that might be a good uh, still- a good transition into, into music very uh, more specifically. So maybe t- yeah. just uh, Jocelyn, if you want to start talking a little bit about growing up and your, both of your connections to music and... and um, Camp, camp, music. Camp right, camp, camps is another big one that we want to talk about because I know music is a big thing at camp. So I just, okay, I... music is like my favorite topic. So Jessica <laughs> and I grew up. I don't know. We just always have been drawn to music, and you know, from an early age, and we kind of built a world around it. Like we'd make up people, like songs. Um, we'd make up that they, when we were really little, yeah. they had like imaginary imaginary people with them and literally like a whole every song world. had a person and so we built this whole world around music and and then of we, course we grew out of the the imaginary people part we grew out of yes but not the but music. not the music so <laughs> we brian too um, <laughs> totally cool so we um that is awesome so we um we've just always liked music we were always kind of private about it for some reason like it was just really personal. Yeah, so it just it was really personal. So we kind of tended to be private about like what music we liked some of the time, but we loved music. Like just um, you know, it was it was what was there in life when we have a lot of friends and you know, but growing we had me growing up. But yeah. we did have music, and it was a huge just. So you, thing so you that brought color into life like yeah so you go home from school and, and you know you're a bit of a misfit and you're like I don't like fit I don't know what's wrong and and you go home and you're just like but the radio <laughs> like you know mm-hmm. you turn on the radio and it's like and I'm gonna hope for my favorite song you know and then we hear it would be like the best thing ever yeah and then if we missed it we'd be so sad it was we were 
pretty dramatic too. So, um, <laughs> but, but then we also have always written music and from a young age, I guess we just, we loved music and we just kind of imitated, you know, I feel like it was a natural outpouring of what we liked. Like, well, just like with any kid, you imitate what you see. But for us, one, a big part of what we saw is we heard, you know, the radio and our parents tapes and different things. And so we just like made music. Um, I wish we had a keyboard when we were little and we, I wish I could say it continued to come naturally to me. I actually struggle with it now, but it's worth the reward. Yeah. Um, me when too. to be done, the reward is actually finishing it. But, um, that's cause now I care about it being good. Whereas as a kid, and I'm not saying I'm not even promising it is good, but like as a kid, it didn't matter. You know, <laughs> you could put anything together and, um, and it just was, and you know, yeah, you're free, more free to be silly and exactly they didn't, yeah. the songs didn't even have to make sense whereas now it's like oh I want to write this meaningful song about things I'm actually going through and like <laughs> I really like to I like it when artists write personally so I like to do that same with yeah. Yeah. yeah me too it's a it's a big part of you know writing music for me is expressing like personal you know things but I want them to be good so I'm a I wouldn't say it's quite being a perfectionist but it's not easy for me anymore but I'd love to do it so so we should tell them about our songwriting process so we have separate songs so one of us will get an idea like lyrics or a melody or something or a piano bit or something um for me lyrics usually come last but not always so then we will sit down with with the idea and we will sit down together and even though Jocelyn has songs and I have songs, we will actually um, sit down and write them together and brainstorm lyrics, especially the lyrics. Sometimes melodies too will help with another parts of it, but we'll sit down and literally brainstorm lines. Sometimes it gets very silly. Yeah, sometimes it's like the, this, we make up a joke line that rhymes, but it's just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. but so And then, so we just kind of have fun with it. And we just but, sit down and like hash it out together. But then like the person whose song it is, who had some main driving idea kind of gets veto power on anything. It's like, no, that, no, we're not going to <laughs> say that. Um, or it's like, this is what I want the song good. to be about. Cause it, but like, we both actually are very collaborative when we sit down to write lyrics and other things too, as well. Yeah. It really sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty relatable, but not. Yeah. It's interesting. You know. Cause Carrie and I have done a few uh, musical things together. Whereas, you know, Carrie, you've started cool. learning the violin, but you weren't as much Ooh. of a musician or singer or anything. So I would yeah. do a lot of the music part, not the singing either. We actually found a third yeah, party Yeah, I don't compose um, so much. Yeah, you don't do the comp- composition as much, but I've never been comfortable writing lyrics. So it's great that for in our situation, Carrie generally writes the lyrics and I write the overall music and then we find other musicians to for the drums and the and the vocals and stuff cool. like that. So. What, do you, what do you play? So I, I play guitar and bass guitar nice a little bit of key uh, a little bit of keyboard here and there but i need to find a guitar player because i suck <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a piano player i have tried to learn guitar i think i need to take some more lessons or something but i'm just it does not come naturally to me and i i'm not love... helping your sister out in this situation learn well, guitar. yeah we do but like yeah. if it was up to me i would just sing but i need to we need to have some um, back, back, backing me up somewhere. So I back myself up on piano. 
Because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suck at guitar too. That's something Dawson and I, neither of I, neither of us have had much luck. I started writing a song with guitar too, but I can't play it. And like, I can kind of play it. I know what, <laughs> but it does not come out sounding good. Anyway. <laughs> so unfortunately that thing is that we can't, and we can't even harmonize. So singing together, we can, and we do like sometimes, like, but um, we can't harmonize. Yeah. It's really I don't weird. know why. We've tried. <laughs> Quickly jumping back. Do you want anybody <laughs> want to tell us, tell us what your radio sh- that channel was called or your radio show? Do you have a, Did you have a name? Or? Our, yes, <laughs> we had. It, <laughs> it was. It was themed. They were both themed. Oh. So one of them was all bird themed. So all the artists' <gasps> names. It's a little bit ridiculous. No, um, I'm obsessed uh, with birds right now. So I'm, <laughs> oh, like me too. We love. We heard our first robin of the spring yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was so awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's like, oh, listen, there's a robin. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. Um, it, we had this bird theme, so literally all the artists' names were like Canary Nestman and like you know <laughs> all this nice. random stuff. Rooster Flymore. Yeah. Slowly, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you and rooster, so, you really good at Flymore. Yeah, no, no, it's, he's not. It, the point wasn't though that it was about a rooster. It was just like uh-huh. pairing the different things. Yeah, you know, just like yes. our names don't necessarily mean like you know anything, but. Anyway, so it was so, um, anyway, so we had that and it was called Tweet FM. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, good name. That's a good one. <laughs> the bird, yeah. And then the other one we had, which was older, was all musical instrument themed and stuff. And it was called Melody FM. Mm. <laughs> sounds nice. I like that too. Yeah. yeah sounds nice. <laughs> Just a, one more thing about, uh, regarding the music. Did, did, did either of you take, yeah. uh, lessons then growing up or were you self-taught? Yeah, we took piano lessons. Um, and then we did a little bit. Dawson did guitar in school, and then I did a little bit of guitar. Dawson and I have done a little bit of guitar since then as well. Um, and then also, actually, um, we a couple of years ago um, with through um, the Camp Bowen Society, where we both volunteer, um, we had the opportunity to learn. Um, we did like a bit of a music camp, but it ended up turning into like a uh, instructor training part of it. Um, and we learned how to play like the saxophone a little bit so that we can teach, um, kids and, and, and help be involved in that process to have blind mentors help, um, teach kids instruments. So we did the, we tried a bunch of instruments, which was really fun, but the one we kind of did the most with was the saxophone. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) So. Cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't got to handle enough saxophones in my time. So yeah, me neither. They are, it's a lovely instrument. I played the trumpet it a little is. bit in high school, but it was oh, that's cool. It was too. it was fun, but it was mm-hmm. compared to the guitar where it's all hands on. The trumpet, I just didn't have the breathing techniques and stuff. And I I still mm-hmm. have one kicking yeah. around yeah. here, but I haven't played it in years. Yeah, you did scales, and I think, I think maybe you did like yeah. It wasn't pleasant to listen to. Just like my violin wouldn't be in the early times. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone who's just tuned in you're listening to outlook here today on radio western we are speaking with jessica and jocelyn two blind siblings as the kickoff for our april siblings series that we're doing here on the show we have just under 10 minutes left it's been so much fun and time always always flies when we, uh, <laughs> yeah i was gonna show. say we, we could stick in the childhood years for for the forever but we should probably try and move along here a bit yeah yeah, yeah you guys a few plugs and what you're doing now so 
Um, I don't know if right, Jessica, so, do you want to try and yeah, you'd mentioned the Camp Bowen Society, so maybe yeah. speak a little bit about that, and, as well as the Pacific Training Center for the Blind and any yeah. What have you guys been up to in, in since school? <laughs> That's a lot to cover, but you know, specifically for blindness related. Yeah, Jocelyn, do you want to cover Camp Bowen and I'll cover PC? Sure. Okay. Growing up, Jocelyn and I thought we would never work for blindness organizations. <laughs> we, mm-hmm. like, we didn't didn't think we would because it felt too stereotypical, like what somebody would think we would do. But the funny thing is we grew up and that's exactly what we're doing. Um, not because of the stereotype, but because just realizing how really few opportunities there are and wanting there to be more opportunities for blind people in Canada. So I, um, I was, I once came across this article that totally blew my mind. Um, looking back on it, I think it was from like the Braille monitor from the NFB, but I didn't know that at the time from the national Federation of the blind in the States. Anyway, it was talking about the Colorado center for the blind, which is like one of their training centers down there. And it just really, kind of blew my mind that that existed that a person a blind person I always knew blind people could be independent but like that I guess I I didn't realize how independent they could be I don't know how to explain that like it's not that I had a negative view I always had a pretty positive view but um there was still there was a lot I didn't know um I mean I'm we're all learning still even but um there was just the fact that you know the drop routes where they could take you to a location and you could find your way back to the center or the fact that you could learn to barbecue and all this stuff like I was just like really that's a thing right um because I did more research into it and I I wanted to go but of course didn't have the finances and like the resources to go um and so learning about the Pacific Training Center for the Blind um which is you know is is the closest thing we have to it in Canada, at least that I know of, but I'm pretty sure it just is, um, that uses the structure, structured discovery model, like the problem-solving model of teaching, um, and has a positive view on blindness, and um, and one day will be like the Colorado Center. I, I fully believe that one day it will be just as robust um, and... Anyway, so I got involved first um, on the board of directors and now as a a contractor, now I work for them um, because I really want to see, as I mentioned earlier, like, for example, my travel is terrible and I don't want that to be the reality for, for blind people in Canada. I want them to have the opportunities to actually get training. I want to see this expand and grow and be able to serve people and serve people well. Um, you know, at some point I need to actually get, you know, talk to the travel instructor. And I know it's, it's a bit weird to have someone who works there go be a student, but I need to be a student myself because I want to be able to be a role model and a mentor. And, um, but I, I see myself continuing to work for the Pacific Training Center for the Blind, because to me, that's so important. Well said. Yeah. And like we quick, quick mention to put a point out to the listeners that these, the big difference with these centers too, is that they're, they're generally run pr- primarily by all blind people so that's that's the big, yes. big point that exactly and we will have another show f- focusing on on camp bowen but um i guess jocelyn you want to tell us yes so camp bowen um camp bowen was actually originally um started in 1963 um 
it was a CNIB project at the time. And it in, in 2010, they decided, you know, that they weren't going to do it anymore. But um, a bunch of campers were like, no, you can't take this away from us. So that's how the Camp Bowen Society got started. And now we we have taken over Camp Bowen. Um, it's you even moved there. So. Yes, we did move to Bowen Island to to make this work because it was Surrey where we lived before. It was like a three hour transit ride to get to like yeah. it, on transit took like three hours to get to Bowen. We did it. We, we did, did it, it many times, and to to it was exhausting. And we're just like it's this is not sustainable, and we're just going to be working there more, not less. So we moved. So the project <laughs> literally moved us, like yeah. literally. so um camp bowen is important um i went there as a a teen and it was just it was a place where blindness didn't um it wasn't this barrier like it wasn't uh it wasn't something that that where i was different because you know everyone there was blind and so we could all kind of relate on that and then it just kind of showed me, you know, that I could, you know, what was the blindness and what was, you know, other things like, because you almost, because everyone had it, it almost removed that. And so something about meeting other people and who are blind, blind and yeah. just kind of that feeling of like, you're not the only one and these people kind of get some of your, you know, the situations. And I, I did um, feel, you know, like I, I belonged there more than I did in my, my high school. And so it was just, it was important. It's hard to describe the impact it made on me. Um, but it was magical. Yeah, it was magical. So it was, well, it's kind of like the situation for a lot of us here where all of us on this on the show today are were integrated. So we were in the, the public the school system with everyone else yeah. who was cited for the most yeah, part. Yeah, and so that's good. That's a good it, thing. These opportunities to That's a good thing to be right, integrated, absolutely. but also it's a, it's an important thing to have space to be with blind people um and to to be like I get it, you know, like to have that the people who um maybe have shared some of the discrimination or the like why won't so-and-so talk to me in school? Why did they snub me? Or like the, like, do you ever feel awkward when, you know, it's just, and to know, not have people be afraid to talk to you. Like, I don't know. It's just a really, yeah. um, Yeah. That all makes great sense. And if our listeners want to learn more, they can always go to bowenislandcenter.ca. Yeah. Yes. Or campbowen.ca. Campbowen.ca is actually our camp page. And bowenislandcenter.ca, that's a valid one too. That's about our capital project that we're doing. And we'll have more information on that, but you can go read about it. Um, that Camp Bowen and the Pacific yes, Training Center for the Blind. And that could be its own show. <laughs> like for sure yeah um so that is a valid address though that is valid <laughs> good and and ptcb.ca too i'll throw that out there for the pacific training center and i'm sure you can find this on the on the site mm-hmm. but you have a, a salute to summer a virtual talent yes. show 
I'm excited about that. Quickly promote that. So this talent show, so talent shows are, you know, a thing that have co- has commonly been done at camps. I have fond memories of doing talent shows and mm-hmm. it was always just a fun way to kind of end off the camp. Um, well, it was usually like the night before we had to leave. So it was one of the, it wasn't the final tradition, but it was one of the later ones. But so we decided to do this virtual talent show to raise awareness and, um, and money for, for Camp Bowen and the Pacific Training Center for our capital project. So it's, yeah, for anyone who, you know, likes to sing or play a musical instrument or if you have jokes or just, you know, any, really anything. We um, have, mar- we're going to have martial arts there, martial yeah. arts demonstration. Yeah. And, and um, music and. And if you're blind, it's for blind or partially sighted or like deaf blind or, um, or technically, if you had a recording of yourself, probably pre-pandemic, but like if you're in a band or something, but you're a blind, there's one, at least one blind mm-hmm. member in the group, we decided we would, we're okay with accepting there you go, bro. to show off, to show off talent um, of our, our very talented blind community yeah. and have some fun. And uh, very cool. Well, we'll uh, share a link for it in the podcast notes and yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'll sign up now that I know I can submit a, my band that. <laughs> just released something recently so. so we have we already have some performers some great performers i'm really excited about i mean jocelyn and i will be in it um i guess that's sort of a halfway shameless self-plug i don't know but um <laughs> so jocelyn and i'll be in it but there's a bunch of other really awesome performers who've already agreed to it and and who have already signed up and then so we have a few spaces left though still yeah um and then if you want to come as an audience member that would be awesome too and that is um, Bowen, I- it's at bowenislandcenter.ca slash, I can't remember if it's event or events, but anyway, it'll, it's there. I'll share it too with the awesome. Thank you so much. All right. So fun talking to you guys. Well, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you too. You too. Yeah. Lots of fun. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook facebook.com slash outlook on radio western